What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give a round of applause for yourselves. Because in a world full of haters, you can only be great at I am your host, Steven Sipiwa, to all my fellow hosts. Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges, never needed an a.k.a. And together we are the Brothers. Back at it again for another week, another week, another interesting hot topic. All the time. We got a bur- scorcher for y'all today. We always do. This might get a little sensitive. <laughs> might get a little controversial. Not for the faint of heart. But we've been beating around this one for a little bit, but we're going to definitely talk about it. And that is just a few minutes. But first, we got some town hall business. business. Mr. Bridges, what you got for the town hall business? I got a good one, man, because this is somebody that's been helping me out. She's um, a web designer. She's also a brand consultant. So if you are trying to open up a business, if you are a budding entrepreneur, and you're trying to take your business to the next level, Kim Brio, K-I-M-B-R-I-O. Kim Brio, that's somebody I need to invest in. She does a lot of good work. Matter of fact, she designed my fan page for me. And, well, oh, man, it's it's the bomb. It had a lot of positive attributes, a lot of people liking it. So shout out to Kim Brio. Got Kim, somebody, bro? Kim's been doing some good work on that page, man. She was following us on, our, on the brother's page. Shout out to Kim. Also, shout out to our residential DJ who's, well, not really here because he's out handling his business, and young JMC. JMC. Who has been blessing us with the sounds lately? But right now he's running, running around taking care of his business because he's got his own podcast coming up with his people. What's called, that called? It's called the Winner's Circle. The Winner's Circle is coming up real soon. Keep your eyes posted to JMC's Facebook page. Jeremy Williams, Daydreams to Reality. The Winner's Circle is coming to you soon. You got any more? I think I'm about done, bro. How about you? Oh. Uh, no holistic nurse shot? You know what? Let's give a shout out to Rasha, the holistic nurse. She's doing her thing. You can catch her doing womb healing, uh, tantric yoga, intensive yoga. She also can be found on Eventbrite. Check her out on her Facebook page, Rasha, the holistic nurse. That is Rasha, the holistic nurse. Not W-H, but H-O-L. Holistic. Check her out. All right, that concludes our town hall business for today. So let's get right into the topic of today. Do it. Whew, we're gonna be in trouble with this one. All right. Wipe your head off first. Cause Lord, I'm coming. Cause we definitely gonna talk about you. No pun intended. Literally. <laughs> so we're about to have a little conversation about God versus religion. Oh my God. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended at all, because this is about to be a little. This is a very sensitive subject, so we understand a lot of people are going to have some feelings about this. We well, understand we're all about open dialogue, but we have some more questions and concerns about this sort of situation. And like we said, man, this is a platform that you may agree, you may disagree, but one thing we want to do is we want to open it up so everybody can learn something. You know. Have an objective standpoint, bring an open mind, and you know, maybe we can bounce situations and questions and answers off each other. Right. Well, first, so like, here's an interesting question I gotta ask you, Mr. Bridges. What's going on, bro? Now, I know one of the major core religions of this country is, is Christianity. 
True. But where exactly did Christianity originate from? Because there's a lot of skeptical, skeptical, um, so to say, illustrations, deflections. There's a lot of questions. We don't know exactly the truth. Mm. Some people don't know it. Some people do. Right, 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 right. What do you know? What do you tell us? Before you even get into where it came from, you got to understand what Christianity means. Christianity, let's break the word up. Christ. Christ means the anointed, the Messiah, the chosen. So before there was any such thing as Christianity, uh, if a deity, uh, a monolithic or polyolithic, was uh, celebrated, they called him Christ. So there was religions dating back all the way to the Kushites, going back to the Nubians, all the way to the Twas. And this is millions of years ago that believed in, quote unquote, Christ, because it's a word and not an actual person. It's a title like a king. Exactly. But just to be specific, where did Christianity come from? What we know Christianity as first derived from Ethiopia. Uh, it was what you call the Orthodox Christianity. And this was not what we know it today as being. This did not have a Jesus center. This more stemmed towards understanding that there is one God, and that God did not have a Father, Son, and a Holy Spirit, but it was just one deity. And through that deity, you praise everything from Mother Nature to Father Time. So fast forward a little bit, going all the way back to the 300 A.D.s. You had a situation that was called the Council of Nicaea. And in the Council of Nicaea, this was when Constantine had got all of the priests. And you got to understand at this time, practicing, quote unquote, Christianity was frowned upon because Christianity was used as a control weapon. It was a control mechanism instead of actually a religion that you were supposed to gain higher consciousness from. So a lot of the bishops were hiding. They were hiding because at that time they were getting persecuted and they were getting their heads cut off. So he gathered everybody in Rome and the Council of Nicaea started. This was in the 300s AD. So during this long two-day meeting, they came together to understand exactly how we're going to control the masses. And the one thing that they came up with is we're going to have to have a deity that people can put their faith, hope, and also have strict rules and regulations. One thing about this is they didn't understand what their rules and regulations were as far as religion because they had none. So what they did was they picked and pulled out of different ancient religions such as Egyptian religion, such as the uh, Nubian religion, such as the Sumerian religion. And they pieced it and pieced it and pieced it together. And instead of having it the monolithic, only one God, like the Orthodox Ethiopians had it, they made it into a polytheistic, meaning that it was a father and a son and a Holy Spirit. So they combined that together, and that's how we get God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Once they did that, the ball was rolling. That's a good, that's so, there's our modern day historian right here who did he tell he's done his research. So, but here's the thing about this with Christianity is that that is the natural or historical breakdown. Now, 
exactly how does this pertain to modern day black people? Because the thing is that it can't just come out of nowhere. No. It couldn't have just come out of nowhere. And currently modern day, you see it on every day, your corner churches, the big your chapels, your you know, all over the all over the city. Right, 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 right. Modern Christianity to the African American community nowadays didn't just start from Ethiopians and so on and so forth. Now it came into modern day America today. Like, where did that originate from? So, what you got to understand is where that originated from was the exact reason why they wanted quote unquote Christianity and even Islam because Islam is one of the uh, youngest religions. Even though most people might look at the Muslim faith and think that it's like, wow, it's been around for a long time. Actually, Islam is the youngest of the religions there are so it started in 600 AD so but just going back the main reason why they used religion back then was to weaponize and control the etymology version of what religion means is to bind fast forward all the way back right now so one of the ways that you can control people is not to control them with shackles they already tried that during slavery but once you can control the people by their mind that is the way where you can have them to do your bidding without actually forcing them to, to do it physically. So the reason why church, and you look on every corner, it's more churches on every corner than it is liquor stores. The reason why is because you have an agenda that is telling black people that we need you to act in a certain way and have a certain spiritual as well as mental mentality in order to, I wouldn't say stay but I would say stay within yourself, practice forgiveness, because there's going to be certain things that the government or the powers to be is going to do for you that you are going to have to have peaceful protests while we manslaughter and kill your children in the street. So it was created as a weapon. It turned into a control system. And you can see that on every block you go to. There's a church on every block in the hood. It's interesting because basically in weaponizing what we mean is that you literally took your faith in a higher power and used it as a form of control. Right. Because your belief in that you must do this to earn God's favor or favor, excuse me. Um, you have to do this to earn God's favor. You must come do this and do that and you must worship this and pray to that. You must attend this. You must attend that. This is also this, in a way, like we saw, was reiterated time and time again. Kind of systemic, right? It's a little systemic. So, as I've said before, we do the, we do, we practice this type of religion to earn favor with God, right? And to shun the devil, right? But who or what exactly is the God? Who is God, or who is the devil? That, you know what exactly that's, are these? That's an interesting point, and I'm glad you brought that up because now we're about to get into it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that was more of an introduction, just warming you up to you know what's actually going on. But let's get into it. So, what I want you to do is, I love that question, but I want you to ask it one more time for the public out there. Just one more time, hit them over the head with that question. The question is, who or what is God? And who or what exactly is the devil? Right. So, what do you all think God is? That's a question that most people ask all the time. And what 
people fail to understand is God is not a person. God is not a specific place. It is not a specific title. God lives within us all because God is a vibration that inside of you can resonate to manifest what you want in life. What does this mean? You ask the question, who is God? God is actually the person that's looking on Facebook, the person that's looking on Instagram, the person that's looking on my page. You are God. God is not one deity. When they break down what God is in the Bible, in the Quran, in the Torah, what most people fail to realize is it is an allegory. What an allegory is, it's a story within a story to describe something. A lot of the times, actually, most of, not even most of the times, almost 99% of the times, going back into ancient antiquity, the way that they described Mother Nature, the nature that was going on around them, they classified it into deities that they could talk about in a way where they could break down, condense, and feed to the masses. So when you're talking about the religion aspect of who God is, God is actually the planets. God is actually the earth, specifically. Because when we speak of the God that we know today, and let's just go into the Christianity, let's go into the Bible. Who is the God of the Bible? The God of the Bible is actually, and y'all ready for this? The God of the Bible is actually the planet Saturn. Did y'all know that? That God that's in the Old Testament is not actually the deity, the all omnipotent God that we feel today. And one of the ways that you could find that out is even before, if you haven't been privy to do the research like I have, like we have, or, or if you're not into the scholarly side of things, just think about some of the attributes that that God has. That God is a jealous God. He's a wrathful God. He's, he's, he's a God that believes in punitive, punitive damage, meaning he believes in punishment. Therefore, he's not a forgiving God. So are we talking about an actual God that's all-knowing and forgiving, or are we talking about a person that has physical and human attributes? Take it back. And this is something that somebody on my page was talking about. They were saying, don't believe in astrology, believe in God. Well, I got news for you, and you're not going to like this. The God that you believe in with that Bible is actually astrology. So you as that Christian that's been practicing going to church every Sunday, paying 10% of your hard-earned money, you've actually been practicing Saturnian religion because God is actually the planet Saturn. And I'm going to hit y'all over the head with something else, but I just wanted to warm y'all into it. So that's what we talk about when we talk about God. That God in the Bible is the planet Saturn, Father Time, Kronos, if the Greeks broke it down. I think one of the biggest aspects is about knowing what God is and trying to get is basically trying to gain favor of him. It's because, and I know we've had this, we've had it ourselves. There's a little bit of a sidetrack here, but it's a natural tendency of fear. Because the thing is, I think we all have had that question of what happens to us once we transition out of this world. Right. Like once we die. So there's a lot of fear about is it if you die, is that it? 
is that the end? Or this is something we go to another plane, go to another heavenly plane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the fear is you don't know. Right. But also, there's also, you know, there's scientists that are proving that, that saying that this, you never know until you die or there's nothing going to happen. That's it. You just die. Or there's actually been science that has proven that, you know, the energy, your life, your consciousness, your energy does transition to another plane. So let me break that down for you, too. And, and this is a question for you. So if there is a situation where when you die, you don't know what's going to happen. And you've been spoon-fed this reality that if you're good, you go to this place with omnipotent grace, where you're loved, cherished, nurtured. And if you're bad, you go to this place with everlasting fire, destruction, doom, and havoc. Mm-hmm. And you personally only know what religion is from secondhand. And when I mean secondhand, I'm talking about nobody really knows where the Bible originated from. Nobody truly knows, and I'm not saying nobody, but I'm saying, you know, the common person that's walking around in the street. You don't necessarily know where the Bible originated from. You don't know where those scriptures came from. I mean, you might say, okay, well, the Bible came from the Dead Sea Scrolls. But where did the Dead Sea Scrolls come from? Do you know exactly what the reason for the Bible was? And so, without knowing these questions... You have started to function inside of a religion that's secondhand that people that actually know the spirituality of this stuff Mm -hmm. because it's true spirituality. It's not religion. Religion is the first degree. It's three degrees. You got religion, spectacle, and intuition. You're on the first degree. Basically, you're on the training wheel side of religion. So these people have weaponized it because they understand what it's for, but they gave you the the playtime kitty kitty version and said that if you don't do right, you're going to go to hell, which would allow them to slip in their biddings, their agendas, in order for you to do what they want you to do. So would you say like constantly going to church or reading your Bible or paying your tithes and offerings is a way of kind of being like first degree religious practicing. When you go to church and pay, first of all, tithing, what are we doing when we pay 10% to a God that has everything? Have you ever thought about that? I understand that you are going on the realm of sacrificing, but when you truly have to sacrifice to a deity that doesn't understand that you already love him already, at some point I feel like critical thinking has to come into play because you're giving basically the money that you've earned, but wasn't he the deity that created everything? Doesn't he understand your heart? But so why would we even do that in the first place? Basically, why would we give money to somebody who really doesn't need it? But not only that, because I don't want to go on a subjective standpoint, because the thing about that is the there is spirituality inside of the church because you have a group of people or a congregation that's coming together that's transferring alike energies around that because like we all know God is energy so when you having these group of people coming around and they're transferring energies back and forth back and forth back and forth positive vibration positive vibration positive vibration you do create the spirit of God God is the energy of manifestation so there God is there but at the same time you don't have to go to church in order to get that God you can sit in your living room you can congregate with one per- like we right here we're right. talking we're on facebook we're talking this is church this is a congregation this is what god is mm-hmm. because god is the manifestation of positive thoughts it's energy being exchanged back and forth it all goes back to nature it's the law 
of thermodynamics. Because that's why it's kind of people nice because of what he just said. You also see a growing deflection of people actually leaving organized churches and deciding that they're just going to practice their religion on their own, on their own free time. Right. So it's all. So it's a very interesting thing that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting. So I guess we kind of broke down exactly what God is. Yeah. God is energy. God is, is energy. God is spirit. Spirit is energy. Then, for pun intended, what the hell is the devil? <laughs> so, well, I mean, what is he? Is he is is he our uh, is he everything that is bad? Right, right, is it right, the, right, is right. is an incarnation of bad nature in this world? Well, see, I got news for a lot of people out there. Uh, the devil actually derives from the Latin word meaning Diablo. Diablo simply means the slanderer. A person that lies on a certain situation. The devil is not actually a person, but an act. So when we talk about we're going to meet the devil, or we got the devil in us, we're actually talking about a personality trait that's found inside of us. So anyone can be the devil because, like I just said, the denotative, and what denotative means is the true meaning of a word. The connotative is what we use. We say this is the devil, and we think about if God is up here, then the devil is below. Mm-hmm. That's not true. There's a lot of spooky mysticism that occurs in religion, and that's one of the reasons why it's so highly weaponized, because it allows you to move in blind faith. And blind faith means that I don't necessarily have to prove any truth or any facts to you in order to make you do my agenda. And although you may feel that it's virtue in that, if somebody had a specific spirituality and wanted to do their bidding and they didn't have any good intentions for you, do you know how powerful and destructive that can be towards the people, hence the black people of today? So when we talk about the devil, you're not talking about a specific person. You have to understand that these are words. Words have origins. Words have root words. This is not a particular spiritual energy, as much as people would like to say. I'm sorry to tell you that. So, another thing. You said the devil. Let's talk about somebody else. What's up? You ever heard of Satan? Yeah. Anybody heard of Satan out there? I'm pretty sure if you heard of God, you've heard of Satan. Uh-huh. So. Anybody know what Satan actually is? Are you going to the biblical storyline or you want to talk about the literal okay well i'll tell you the biblical storyline adam and eve when they was in the garden of eden and there was a serpent that went down and he was on the tree of knowledge right Mm -hmm. so that would tell you right there you had a person that was protecting the fruit from the tree of knowledge and trying to spread the truth so right there that would tell you that wait a minute is that a bad person that's trying to spread knowledge the truth so that's the biblical version of Satan. Satan was a uh, Satan was one of God's uh, angels. He was one of the best musicians in the choir of God's choir, because there's organs and pianos, you know, in heaven. And he fell upon because he went against God's law. There's another personal attribute of God. That is a person that is going to get rid of one of his best angels because he challenged his opinion. So who is this Satan person? Let's really break down who Satan is. The word Satan 
does not mean the devil. It does not mean a person has a pitchfork. It does not mean a person that breathes fire and has two horns. Satan means Saturn. Satan means adversary. Y'all hear me? Satan is an adversary. Meaning that when you go through trials and tribulations in your life and it's hard to get over certain steps and certain boundaries, that's what they're referring to as Satan. Satan is the adversary in your life. Now, like I said, it was a long, it was about 50, 60 comments. You remember that uh that status I had tagged you in? Which one? A lot of them. Uh, we was on, on Sunday, and uh, the, the the girl was talking about religion, was saying that astrology mm-hmm. and religion was bad. Mm-hmm. See, that got a little dicey. And and the funny thing is, most Christians and most people that uh, do the Islamic faith don't understand that you are directly practicing astrology or astro theology by practicing Christianity or practicing the Muslim religion. Because Satan, literally, like I said at the beginning, is the planet Saturn. Satan is adversarial. Now, when we talk about astrology, because I'm an astrologist, Saturn, when you're doing astrology, represents boundaries. It represents struggle, limitations. So the ancients of antiquity knew this. And so what they would do is they would personify deities, planets, as actual people, like I said, so that the masses could have a full understanding of what's going on. But Satan literally is just an adversary, meaning that it's a problem or something that you have to overcome in your life. It is not a specific deity. It's not a God. It does not mean that. But for hundreds and hundreds and if not thousands of years, you have been programmed through social media, propaganda, Bishop T.D. Jakes, a lot of a lot of other places that telling you that if God doesn't like what you're doing, he's going to send you to Satan. He's going to send you to the devil. And you have to understand that is not that basically is mind control. You feel that it's coming from a place of I want you to do better. I want you to do right in life. No, it's coming from a place of weaponized control because Dwight Eisenhower already bought all the preachers of the United States when he was president. That's why preachers don't pay for their churches, because they had to sign a doctrine saying that you're going to teach specifically what the government wants you to teach in order for you to get the 501c3, which means it's a nonprofit. So right there, that tells you that the actual spirituality that could be found inside a church was compromised a long time ago, 50, 60, 70 years ago. So you got to watch out for this. And that's why you got to understand the knowledge before you get into any organized religion. Because to practice and understand and believe in God is one thing. But to be a blind believer in a man-made religion that basically was used as a tool to enslave your ancestors and other ancestors around the planet is something that you really need to think about. So let me go ahead Let me go ahead and play a little, uh, dig into this a little bit. So... When you speak of Satan, you once mentioned that Satan is essentially a case of bad judgment, as you're saying? Satan is considered astrology because the let's just stop. Well, as far as human as human interaction. Satan is adversary, adversity. When you go through adversity in your life, let's say if a man cheats on his wife mm-hmm. and or somebody hurts somebody and they say I got the devil in them. 
or I got Satan in them. Technically, you're right because you have an adversarial obstacle that you're trying to get past. So you do technically have a problem, which is by definition Satan. But it doesn't mean that you have the spirit. Now, that's dicey because one thing I want I want to say is since there's millions and millions, if not billions of people that do believe in Satan as this being, as this actual deity that comes down and delivers his wrath, words are charged with energy because this whole entire planet is electrons. This whole entire planet is electric. So when you charge a specific word for a long period of time, and this has been thousands of years, it takes on a whole nother mind of its own. So now when we say Satan, because there's so much emphasis on that word, now we do experience the negative energy because God is energy, we're energy, and we can charge words to have a specific energy. That's why you got to be careful what you say and what you and who you say it to because words have energy. Now it's taken on a whole nother plane. And it's not because this was a deity that did it. It's because you as people and the powers to be weaponized these words in order to use against you to keep you in the place where they want. So now we understand that's basically concepts of Christianity. Right. Now we know there are we're not the only people in this world that practice this type of or in this culture, that modern day culture that practice this type of religion. Right. We're also aware that this is not the only religion that is being practiced in this world. Not because the one interesting argument that has been made is that I you pray, let's say if you're a Christian, you pray to a God. Pray to your God. If you're a Buddhist, you pray to a, your God. You pray to a Islam. You go to pray to a Hindu, Buddhist. You pray to a different God. There's so many different gods out there. And the, well, I guess the joke was 23 or 24 different gods, only one heaven. Somebody's wrong. Somebody's wrong. So, exactly, for starters, how exactly how many religions are there? One, how many religions are there? And two, is there any accuracy to we all in that statement, in that joke? Well, one thing you got to understand, there are hundreds of hundreds of hundreds uh-huh. of hundreds of religions in the world. And that should be <laughs> an indicator that you have only been privy to maybe two, three, four, or five of them. So... It would be rather arrogant of you to think that the one religion that you had contact with was the all-knowing and the only religion that basically is the key for you to get into this place that they call heaven. That would be very arrogant. Case in point, (laughs) one of our commenters on our uh, Facebook live stream just uh, mentioned that religion is kind of like the matrix. Preach, practice the matrix. People actually think that's a religion. The Jedi, like from Star Wars. Well, actually, I'm I'm, going to have to stop you there because the Jedi is actually a religion. A lot of the stuff. Really? Yeah. A lot of the stuff that George Lucas took in that movie, the Jedi, the Ankh, that's actually Egyptology. See, a lot of the stuff that we see in our movies, a lot of the stuff that we think at all, you know, it let us go over our head. These people understand the origins of all of this. And there's a such thing as karmic debt. And a lot of times you can't take from people and take from people and keep on taking from people without it coming back to you tenfold. 
So a lot of times in order to stop the karmic debt or ease it or stop it in its horse and stop it in its tracks, they have to give you the information. So a lot of the information that they're giving you, just like the Ankh and the Jedi, Jedi, the force, the force, that's the energy, that's Egyptology, they believed in that. You can see that in the pyramids of Giza, the writings of the pyramids of Giza, where it explains the Jedi force. So this is actual religion. This is actual spirituality, but it is a uh, chopped and screwed version that fits us to entertain us. But it actually has the origins of our ancestors. And that's the crazy part that you might so not know. So basically what you're saying is you just put a sci-fi adaptation to yeah. Ethiopian religion. Not, well, well, not, excuse me, not well, it, it, with, with uh, Star Wars, Star we'll, we'll Wars. say yeah, uh, Star Wars. Egyptian religion. Okay. Egyptian so it's really just a sci-fi adaptation to Egyptian religion and that's really interesting because nobody really knows that or nobody really has taken the time to actually consider that they notice another form of let's say what well, is another there's, there's always been another form of how they can understand it mm. how they understand religion that's way because if you think about it, a lot of things that we practice and our religion is subliminal in our entertainment as well. Right. Like you mentioned Star Wars. We've also mentioned The Matrix. You know, there's movies like that where there's a belief system that's being built in. It's always a belief system. Mm-hmm. And it's been reflected in almost everything you read. So the thing is, I also want to understand, so while we, these are all basically symbols and metaphors. Right. So let's dive back into the Bible a little bit. Okay. What are the symbols and these metaphors and these so-called allegories that are found in the Bible? Because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them. Because the argument that we have, I've always had in the past is that you can't take the Bible literally. Mm. You can only take the Bible as giving a lesson or hypothetically. Not even hypothetically. This is just in. I'm sorry, I almost said something I'm supposed to say. Not hypothetically, but like I said, just giving lessons. You got time for this? What we, what we got? We got 17 hours? Let me see. Let me see. Let's get time. Okay, let's just start off with the first one in, in Genesis. In the beginning, there was man. The Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. You the story. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is actually an allegory that symbolizes night and day. Atom. Eve. Opposites. We're going to the law of congruence. It was actually a metaphor for that. Yin and yang, atom and Eve, night and day, yes and no. That was symbolizing right from wrong. It had nothing to do with the actual people. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the Garden of Eden. And this is something that a lot of Christians might look at and say, oh my God, I didn't know this. But listen, the Garden of Eden, do you know how many rivers flow through the Garden of Eden? Therefore, now a couple just offhand is the Tigris, is the Euphrates, and there there's two more. I think it's the Punchin and the Nile. Nah, it not Nile, not the Nile. Nile. It's it's another one. It flows through. It's, it flows through and it stops at a bed, at a bank. So into the Garden of Eden, that is an allegory because the Garden of Eden is actually astrology. Those four rivers is not actually symbolizing. Rivers. Those four rivers is actually symbolizing water, air, fire, 
in earth. And those are the four elements of the zodiac. Like the warriors of virtue. Yeah. Remember that movie? So it's again, symbolism. It's all symbolism. Even talking about, let's talk about something that, you know, if I got a couple of travelers on here, we understand, you know, if, if there's, I know we got one traveler on here. Let's talk about something about King Solomon. Let's, we gonna take this King Solomon. Solomon, soul of man. The book of, the book of King Solomon was only talking about the soul of man. It was talking about how to build the temple from within. It was an allegory talking about how to build the king inside of you. That wasn't a specific person. And going through the entire Bible, you have the zodiac inside of it. You have astrology inside of it. Uh, the person that brings the bear on the Orion. That's astrology, talking about the Orion's belt. Even when you talk about the 12 disciples, the 12 disciples stimulate, that, that's the zodiac. You're talking about the 12 zodiac. Going all the way from Aquarius, which was the water bringer, going all the way back to Judas, which symbolizes Scorpio because he stung Jesus in order to send them to the parallels of his own destruction. Going all the way back to Jesus, which symbolizes the sun instead of an actual person. So... To ask me, is there a metaphor in the Bible, is the correct, it, it's, it's kind of incorrect. Right. To ask me, where isn't a metaphor inside of the Bible, is actually the correct term. Because the Bible is actually a book of metaphors and allegories to symbolize what they were trying to explain about the planets and what they were trying to explain about nature. 12 tribes of Judah. <laughs> it's not actually people. That is a metaphor for the zodiac, astrology. Mesoroth. A lot of times when you go inside of the Bible, you're going to see the words where you're reading it and you're making English, 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 then you'll hit a word that is not transcribed. It's in ancient Hebrew. It's in Arabic. Mesoroth. When they talk about the one that brings the Mesoroth, a lot of people might say that's light, but when you take it back all the way to the Arabic understanding, the denotation of that word, he who brings the zodiac, the Mesoroth. Mm -hmm. So that's the person that changes the seasons. Because that's what astrology and the zodiac is about. It's about seasons. Let's hit, let's hit two more and then we're going to have to get going here and move on. Okay. What about Moses? Moses. So what did Moses do? What did Moses do? When he, he, he saw the people down there, he went, he went to talk to God. And what he got? He got two tablets. What the tablets have on? The Ten Commandments. Those are the Ten Commandments, right? So you want me to break down what the Ten Commandments are? Well, you know, you can break it down. Okay, let's see what the Ten Commandments are. Pardon us, as you know, it's a lot of times since we haven't practiced the Bible. So, okay, if I remember the Roman Catholic version, I is the first one was, "I am the Lord thy God; thou shalt not have no other gods before me." Right. Uh, keep holy the Sabbath, which will be the seventh day. Thou shalt not worship. Part the Red Sea. Huh? That's key. <laughs> you said what happens? Part the Red Sea. Part, part the Red Sea. Yeah, she knows. She knows. Um, thou shalt not have no false idols before me. It's three. Right. Give me one more and we're gone. Um, 
Well, a thing we have to have a real problem with this culture: "Thou shalt not kill." Thou shalt not kill. That's so. So we talk about all those Ten Commandments. One thing we got to understand: the Ten Commandments are not actually derived from the Bible. Ten Commandments are actually ancient Egyptian principles. Come from the forty-two mat, 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 M-A-A-T, mat. It was actually taken from their scriptures and it was put into the Bible to explain the time. Now, when Moses got those tablets came down, what thing were the people holding up? It was golden. They had some, they had an animal, it was golden. What was it? Anybody know out there what animal they were holding up? It was golden. What what what, what were they worshiping when Moses came back down? What's an ox? East Coast? Was it honest? It was a bull. It's a bull. What do you think that bull symbolized? Taurus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what it was saying was Moses, which was acting as the sun that was traveling through the world, was traveling through the planets, was bringing out the year of Aries mm-hmm. and taking down the year of Taurus. Because if you know anything about astrology, Aries is first then Taurus comes. And when you're dealing with astrology, the sun navigates backwards. So when he saw the people worshiping Taurus, he struck down Taurus to let them know it was the new age of Aries. That is nothing but astrotheology, astrology. They were telling you because every 2,500 years, there is a new age or a new era of what we call the end of days. That's why on Y2K, we said that the world was coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Or the Mayan calendar, they said the world was coming to an end. It wasn't coming to an end. It was the end of an age. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the year of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius. What came before Aquarius? Pisces. This is all... Zodiac. This is all astrology. A lot of people ask me, how did I get into astrology? Because I've been observing my entire life about what's been going on around me. And I was privy to information that most people can't get because of my family and the people that I have around me and my undying want for truth. So what you have to understand, this is all about astrology. The boar's head, not the boar's head, the ram, the ram's horn, all of it. It's all astrology. Jesus symbolizing the sun, traveling with his 12 disciples, going through each season. Then, one more thing. Mm-hmm. What does he do? On December 25th, he looks into, he looks, this is when he was supposed to be born, right? Mm-hmm. So, what people don't understand is, from December 22nd to December 25th symbolizes the stop of the sun. The sun actually stops within his tracks. It stops within its tracks. And in the ancient Egyptian times, that was meant that the sun actually died. So a lot of times when you look in the Bible, it says that Jesus died on the 22nd, took three days, which is symbolizing the sun. And on the fifth day, well, on the third day, he rose again. Then it said that he rose on Easter. But that basically symbolizes when the sun stops going down and comes back to the equator and rises. Easter symbolizes the spring solstice. Do you, do you get what we're saying right now? You get it? The thing that you thought was paganism, or I've even heard people say that astrology is from the devil, and we already broke down what the devil is. 
you understand what you've been practicing all along, what your mom, what your grandma, what your great-grandma was practicing all along, and it was called the Christianity. What the slave masters had gave them was actually astrology that your ancestors was practicing way before then. So you've always been practicing your cultural ancestry of spirituality. It was just in a version that was used to control the masses. So it's kind of messed up, ain't it? Yeah. So the thing is, is that <laughs> they say astrology. So basically, I'll think it's more about being astrology. Basically, what the young lady, okay, let's bring up the young lady. Bring up the young you lady. Tag, you tag me in. Basically, don't practice, don't praise astrology, praise God. Right. And then, that's the they did kind of go hand in hand. But here's the thing, though. Astrology is nothing about astrology is inherently evil. No. Nothing about it was evil to begin with. No. This is just the root of their foundation of faith. I guess you could say Astro- Like I said, they use astrology as a metaphor. Well, they use the Bible as a metaphor to explain astrology. Astrology is used for the crops because you have to look in the sky and see different constellations like when you look in the sky and the sky is pointing towards the libra constellation that's symbolizing that the fall harvest is upon us when you look in the sky and you see the gemini constellation or you see the taurus constellation that's symbolizing that it is time to sow so you can reap i don't understand what you're saying it's just that well what i was saying was as far as the very core foundation of faith Right, and humanity. Well, I guess you say inhumanity. Their modern day faith was based in the zodiac. Yeah. So you can then kind of say that a lot of the religions that exist nowadays are literally just kind of branched off or been filtered and diluted down to these multiple sects of religion. Right. Are still all originated from one constant. Yeah, which and was the zodiac. I'm gonna give you a perfect example of it. Now, if you didn't catch what I said, the symbol of Jesus represents the sun the sun the sun and it look even when it when it's daytime look at the sun look at the sky sun so let's go back like you said different statues of religions let's go to egypt now jesus is a new adaptation of 10 stories that had already been told jesus the story of jesus has been told over 15 times predating actual Jesus by thousands and thousands of years. One of the first stories of Jesus was Horus. Horus' mother had an immaculate conception. Three people came to visit him, died on December 25th. Isaroth, Brahma. These are all Jesus supplements. And these are all specific fakes that were in different parts of the world. So if you got all these different faiths in all different parts of the world and they all have basically the same story, one is 20,000 miles away from the other, but it's the specific story. What is the only thing that if I'm in China and you're in South America that we can see at the same time? The sun. Say it again. The sun. What is one thing that if you're in China and I'm in South America that we can both see at the same time? That big star orbiting in the sky. The sun. The sun. So you have different adaptations of what the sun is. And it just passed through 
era after era after era after era. So that's why we have different sects of religion, because we have different interpretations for what we see. But we're seeing the same thing. So although it might have been Mithra in Greece, mm -hmm. in Egypt, it was Horus. In Rome, it was Jesus. Or Bergerac, that's the person that they painted the, the picture of. That white guy, mm -hmm. that white guy, that's Bergerac. That's who it was. And the attributes that they talked about Jesus of having was actually a dude named Piso. And he was in Constantine's or Julius Caesar's uh, platoon. So they gave him the attributes of Jesus. That's actually who you're talking about, Piso. So you have to understand the, the, the scholarly work before you can actually dive into the religion. Because, which, like I said, just like how Satan is not real, but the energy of Satan is, because we say the word Satan all the time, there's a specific charge on these words. So if you don't know that Jesus during that council of Nicaea was created for bad intentions, which it was created for control, and you keep on constantly saying the word Jesus, 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 and that word has an energetic pull on it now, you could be causing yourself more trouble than you're actually trying to prevent. And that's real talk. So in essence, well then, then tell me why. <laughs> why what? Why do we do this? <laughs> Why do we constantly practice religions that are designed to enslave us? Mentally, at one time in the past, physically. We do it. Why? We do it. We do it for the innate reason that everybody needs something to believe in. Everybody has to make sense of this world, this big world that was given no directions. We were given no directions when we got here. Right. Everybody wants to make sense. Everybody needs for their life to have a purpose. Right. And what better way to make your life have a purpose than to have the, this all-knowing, omnipotent deity mm -hmm. that could bring you peace, love, and you can go to the heavens and live forever and forever with. Right. That's a good way. It's a good way. At all. That's definitely it brings good. us calmness. It brings us peace inside of our lives. It allows us to know even if we're going on and life is hard for us, let's say back in slavery, that I'm gonna keep on going because I know, mm -hmm. you see how religion can get crazy? Because you believe this because you know that if I keep on chucking this coin and I keep on picking this cotton, I know that Jesus is gonna allow me to go into the heaven gates when I get when I get done with all this. And God forbid if anybody tries to contest it. Yeah. That got to be a hell of a motivation. Yes, so you can understand why the slave masters use religion in order to control its slaves. Because not only are you using a religion that, first of all, you can't see who I'm talking about. So I can't go up to these characters in the Bible and say, hey, man, did you really say this? You have to believe by faith, right? Right. You have to believe. And when you break down what believe means is, when you break it down, the denotation of believe is be and lie. It is, I will give you something to believe or a lie to believe for your consumption. When you break it down, the denotation of what belief means. Giving a lie. Don't believe me. Look it up. Look these things up. And that's what this is about. This is about challenging you to challenge yourself. Yeah. Go look up anything. Don't believe anything I say. Don't take me for anything. I I'm just a man. Go find out for yourself. Trust me, half time, I don't believe what shit you be saying. But. <laughs>
But I've known him long enough. But I've known him long enough, so I, I'm sometimes privy to do that. It's in my nature. You got sometimes it's it in my nature. It's in my zodiac nature. Sometimes. Yeah. Don't believe any so, human being. No. Don't believe any human Don't being. Don't believe it. Do Find your out for own yourself. research. Please do your own research. Another metaphor before we go back. And this is going to blow some some heads off. You know Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark is a metaphor. And actually Noah's Ark is a poor man's version of the story of the Egyptian pharaoh of the 6th dynasty. Zosar. He wanted to build a boat to travel the constellations in order to reunite with his father. So what do you think that means? That is the original version of a person that's living on earth that wants to go to heaven. And that story predates Christianity, what we know Christianity, by thousands and thousands of years. It's, it's, it's all there. So, in essence, there is an origin for every religion. We just, he just broke down what that religion is. It's basically your practice in Zodiac. And it's nothing, it's nothing sinister or no. malevolent about it. Zodiac is energy. Yeah, it's Zodiac all about is energy. energy. That's what we live. This is how we live. This is how we live. Your great, 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 After generations. Ancestors practice. After this. generations. This is how we have lived. It's actually your inherent birthright because if you're in America, you nine times out of ten are a part of these indigenous tribes because mm-hmm. they say more than 80 to 90 percent of the black people that are on this continent right now did not come from Africa. We were already here. So these were the indigenous practices of your ancestors, not from Africa, but from this continent right here. Mm-hmm. So. This is not something that you like, oh man, okay, I think about it. This is your actual inherent birthright. Yes. This is how they ate. This is how they picked who was going to be with who for marriage. Yes. This is how they understood energy. This is how they interpret the sky. This is, this is real. This is more than a man in the sky with pearly gates, which is a man-made interpretation that's telling you if you can come in, if you can't go in. Mm-hmm. But there, it, it's that it, there's some truth to that. But that story predates the Bible. Right. Well, the thing also about that is is that that's also the word of another man, which that's what that represents. So William why, Shakespeare, actually, yes, because <laughs> William Shakespeare is the one that wrote the Bible. Yeah. So why exactly would you take the word of another man? You don't know. Without doing the research yourself. Tradition. Because your mother told you I did this. And her mother told you she did this. And her mother told her that she did this. So a lot of times we take on secondhand information. And we're not understanding what it is. Simply because this is how it's always been. And it sounds kind of simple. But a lot of times think about the things that you do in your life. A lot of those things you do is not because you wanted to do them. It's because hell this is the way I was brought up. Well here's the thing. Now I Perfect example. I'm a bit of the pop culture symbolist, so he's the historical historical I try to bring into modern day predate. Um interesting line from Eddie Murphy from Coming to America. Um remember that little sparring match they had in the against him and Arsenal against Semi. Right. And he said Semi asked him, Well, 
Okay, I'm sorry. Eddie's character. I'm sorry. Okay, let's move. Well, I'm sorry. Eddie's character <laughs> eluded me. It's eluded me for a second. Eddie's character eluded me. Prince Akeem. Prince that's Akeem. his name. Okay. That was one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't understand why I can't remember his name. Prince Akeem asked Semi after the sparring match, so you would give your life and your entire kingdom to a beautiful fool to worship and obey you. Elaborating. Right, 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 right. Okay. To a, to a beautiful <laughs> Take your time, woman. brother. Take your time. Semi says, but that is what men of power have always done. It is tradition. Prince Hakeem's response was, it's also tradition that times do sometimes and will change. Right. Tradition is designed to change right. every single generation. Right. Beautiful point. So, beautiful. in essence, we all break away from our traditional ancestry sometimes, but we always remember where we came from. Mm-hmm. So, are you finished? Um, what I would say is, people, everything that I have just said, everything that Steve has said, this did not come from us. It's time, I challenge, like I always say, I challenge you to do your research, to go beyond what was tradition, like my bro just said. Go beyond the tradition that your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather gave you and understand what it was used for because a lot of this stuff that we talk about, you can go to 79th and Pulaski to the National Archives and look this stuff up. Some of this stuff is privy to information, but it only takes an inquisitive mind and a truth seeker in order to get this. Understand what's going on. Understand when things are for your benefit and when there's an agenda. And it's not only Christianity. It's, it's Islam. It's Judaism. These are agenda-driven religions. And it's hard to tell this to someone that believes in blind faith. Because the ethnic of their religion means that I don't have to give you any type of factual knowledge and truth in order for you to believe in what I believe in. I just have to tell you, hey, it's right. So it's hard to have that type of conversation. But if you have any type of spark in your mind that's telling you, let me understand, let me use a little critical thinking, let me see if this is true, if it's not true. Well, even if I believe in it, let me just go and check if it's real, if it has any type of historical backing to it. The question that you need to ask yourself with anything you do, whether it be religion, whether it be any topic in life, and it'll get you through life. Mm-hmm. Why? That's it. That's all. Why? That's the best way you can challenge yourself right. in life. When somebody give you something, some information or whatever. And you don't get it? Why? Just why ask. Is it like why? That? Why is it like that? Why is it like this? And you'll learn something. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Please, we ought to give a shout out to everybody that's tuning in on Facebook Live. Yeah. Philip, Keisha, Reggie West just turned in. Man, you missed Brandon the hell of an episode. Brandon Brown. We Man, got David Decoy. Bennett. On Instagram, Decoy. We had Aquila and 
Uh, Shakina Cookie. That's a lot in that name. You got um, seven words in your name. And we I appreciate all. We appreciate words. all that you're doing right now. Um, we will see you guys next week for another beautiful episode of the Brothers Podcast. For Dante Chase Bridges, aka Dante Chase Bridges, and Steven City P. Watson, we are out of here. Peace.